Um, we're going to talk about roles in marriage. And really, you know, there's a lot of different things that need to get done in a marriage. There's a lot of responsibilities, but the roles are very simple. And um, we've boiled it down to, uh, very simply, the husband being the leader and the wife being the follower and really what that means. So please turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Come on, bro. Good job. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, it says, Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, what the scripture teaches right here is that God is the head of Christ, Christ is the head of man, and man is the head of the wife. And so, really, what it all boils down to is that the, the husband is called by God to lead the marriage, and the wife is called to follow the husband. Now, you know, for, for me, as a young married guy, um, this was obviously a, a task that I was very scared of. I was challenged by. Um, but it wasn't very long where I realized that my role is actually much easier than Courtney's role. And the fact that she has to submit to a guy like me really allowed me to understand really where she was coming from and show a lot of mercy in the fact that it's not an easy task to to, uh, to be a follower, especially of a guy like me. You know, right here it talks about being a head. The, the word head in the Greek is to be the chief, the ruler, the Lord, the cornerstone of two uniting walls. And so the idea of being the head is, is really a challenge because you are called to be the example. You're called to hold things together. And in the Greek, there's actually a unique emphasis here that implies seizing and taking hold of the marriage. And when you're the leader, when you're the head, when you're when you're in charge, you've got to not just allow the situations to come to you, but really engage. And for a lot of men, this is the challenge. Yeah. It's to engage, it's to seize, it's to take the opportunities by the horns and really run with it and make it awesome, make it special. It's so much easier to be the follower. And that's why in the world so often you see men following the wives. And, of course, because of that, marriages don't work in the world. And divorce rates are at 60% in, in most places, and in California, over 75%. Wow. And in the kingdom, you just don't see that because you have men and women, though fallible, are really, really trying to live out their role Amen. in the eyes of God. So I've got three simple points to the guys and really what it means to be the head. Number one, you've got to seize weekly D-times. You know, one of the things that helps Courtney and I get together every week and have a discipling time where I can train her and I can use the scriptures and I can be open with her about how I'm doing and how I'm feeling is remembering the other side of the spiritual realm, which is the fact that Satan is out to destroy my family. Yeah. You know, we always quote John 10.10 about living life to the full, but the second half of the passage is Satan comes only to steal kill and destroy yeah. Yeah. and he wants to kill our marriage he wants to steal our joy and he wants to destroy our marriages and destroy our families and that really encourages me to want to get that special quality time with Courtney every week where we can sit down go through the schedule and have a bible study together but it really does take me seizing the opportunity and not just hoping that it happens. It takes prayer and preparation. Having a plan and a Bible study ready for my wife when we get together every week. Secondly, to lead, it's to take a hold 
of righteousness, to take a righteous stand in your household, not to tolerate sins of disunity in the household, and not to go to bed disunified, not to wake up disunified, not to continue on in the day without, dis, without being totally unified, but really taking a hold of unity and righteousness in the household. And, you know, I think for me, one of my biggest challenges as a young married guy was uh, the mindset of, well, it's going to be easier to love her when she shows me respect. And then realizing that as the leader, I actually need the one to love first. Yeah. And then, of course, the respect will follow. But I need to take hold of righteousness in our marriage. And thirdly, being ahead of your wife. And what I mean by that is initiating. You know, again, guys don't often take initiative. You get home from work, you're exhausted, you're tired. It's not the first thing on your mind. But really, being ahead of your wife in, in planning. Being ahead of your wife in your spirituality. Um, initiating sex. Because you understand that it's going to increase the intimacy of your relationship. Initiating prayers. I get embarrassed in, in my own heart when my wife initiates the prayers in our family. I'm the one that needs to be ahead of her spiritually. Initiating physical touch, grabbing her hand instead of waiting for her to grab mine. Rubbing her back instead of waiting for her to, to rub mine. But initiating that physical touch. Initiate things like vacation planning and not just hoping that it happens or waiting for her to tell me that she needs a vacation. But me thinking she's going to need a vacation. And then taking a hold Come of on, that bro. and planning it out. Um, but bottom line, we need to head in the right direction. And yeah. Satan is doing everything he can to knock us off the path and to get us off the straight and narrow. So we're distracted by these things in, in our lives that, that aren't necessarily bad distractions. But Satan is doing all that he can to get us distracted from our marriage. Yeah. And how important it is that we lead our wives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, ladies, we are going to talk again about the forbidden S-word, submit. And I say forbidden because as American, Americans tend to be opposed to the concept of authority. But the Bible is the absolute opposite. So we're going to let the Bible define who we should be as wives. And God's word is strongly against the world's way of men dominating and suppressing women. It's also against the world's way of denying gender roles and uh, an authority in the church and home. So we're going to talk about the who, what, when, where, and why of submission. First Peter 3 verse 1 says, Wives in the same way, submit yourself to your own husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So before we talk about this, let's first talk about what is submission. Um, you know, submission does not imply inferiority. God values both men and women alike. Countries in where Christianity is the most prevalent, women oppression is less prevalent. And it just shows how Jesus liberated women by culture and by history. As roles have become more blurred in marriages in our society, there has become more divorce. And what is biblical submission? It's having a serving mentality. Getting your focus off of yourself and onto pleasing God and your husband. Being at rest. A submissive woman trusts that God will meet her needs. She doesn't have anything to prove. 
Submission does not mean that you are weak-minded, feeble, or frail. It means that you are empowered by choice and dedicated to esteeming your husband higher than yourself. A submissive wife is not assertive, pushy, self-willed, and difficult to get along with. Disciples are to be growing in their humility, gentleness, patience, and self-control. Submission means understanding your power as a woman and using it in a way that builds your husband's leadership. So when do we submit? Ephesians 5, 24 says, always and in everything, unless your husband is calling you to do something contrary to the scriptures or your conscience. Um, Why don't we as women want to submit? 1 Peter 3, verse 5 says, For this is the way the holy women of the past put their hope in God and used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughter if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So this passage is right after it says, Wives, submit to your husbands. And it talks about not giving way to fear. And if you think about the times in your life where it's hard to submit, it's because of fear. And actually this morning, Joel and I were on a prayer walk out in the, um, on the golf course. We saw a couple foxes. It was cool. And Joel was like, okay, the way to get back is this way. And I'm like, no, it's not that way. He's like, no, this is the way to get back. And I said, it's really hard to follow you right now because... I know that's not the way to get back. And he's like, yes, it is. But he ends up going the way I went, which was the wrong way. I was strong and wrong. And, you know, but I was fearful. Why? I was fearful. I didn't want to walk for hours. I didn't want to get lost. I, I just, we saw foxes. I didn't know what else was out there. And um, so fear is at the root of lack of submission. And we need to identify that. So the why of submission, based on Ephesians 5.33, the emotional need is for a man to be respected by their wife. And the emotional need for a a woman is to be loved by her husband. Everything comes down to this. So, you know, I have this example. This is about two people that are not Christians, um, and I don't even know if it's a true story. But it, it really does illustrate an important principle in marriage. Um, So there is this woman who was fed up with her husband, and she goes to a counselor, and she says, I'm just done with him. He treats me horrible. I am so over him. And the counselor says, this is what you need to do. You need to be the best wife you can be for six months, and then just drop him. After he's like head over heels for you, be the best wife, and then just drop him. And then he'll be brokenhearted, right? So this happens, and she starts to be the best wife she can be. About a year later, she sees the counselor at the grocery store. And the grocery store, and the counselor says, how's that jerk husband of yours? And she goes, don't call my husband a jerk. That's my man. And the whole point of the story, women, is that when we become the respectful wives that we need to become, it will actually change your husband. It really will. That's, of course, not the reason why you do it. But it it can really affect. We need to be lovable women. Amen? Um, So, wives, as we respect our husbands, our husbands will, in turn, love. It is a cycle. And the less you respect your husband, the less it is easy to love you. 
And um, so I just want to challenge the women to do a character study on Sarah in the Bible. It says you'll be her daughter if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. And as you watch her life unfold throughout the scriptures, it's incredible how many unknowns were in her life. And she was faithful and stood behind her husband and ultimately behind her walk with God. Her level of submission was unmatched. Christian marriages should be radically different from marriages in the world. And as women, we need to be respectful and fearless wives. Thank you. Yeah,